Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. All right, folks, we are back with part two. We were talking about boot camp for the new babe in Christ. Those who have recently come into the kingdom. I felt inspired to bring this awesome lesson from my brother and sister, Catherine and John, who gave me the great pleasure to meet two precious souls that had recently come into the kingdom and we we had fellowship with them. We were talking about the word. We uh, blessed them. It was amazing. It was amazing. And so we know that there, there is great rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Amen. Amen. So I was going down this list that by the Holy Spirit prompted me to put this list together about what it is to be expected now that you are in this kingdom. Because some may be shell-shocked at just how tight we now live in Christ Jesus. So I don't want you to be dismayed or discouraged about how how hard it is because Jesus told us it's hard this road this path is narrow and it is straight and few will find it okay but at the same time much joy Jesus is coming back folks and he's coming back to give us eternal life the glorification of our bodies, living with him, living with the Father for all of eternity in the new Jerusalem. Folks, this is all going to be worth it. It may seem hard and long, whatever, quote unquote, boring. You seem to be missing out. You were you were having more fun before, but now, listen, I'm telling you, my hand is raised. If you have truly repented, you will love God with everything within you, and you will be busy. He will give you much work to do. <laughs> I can assure you there will be plenty to do for the harvest. Listen, 
Jesus didn't die so that you can live your best life ever. Contrary to all of these false teachers out there, that is not what he died for. And what's on Christ's mind is his harvest. We are to work these fields, folks. Okay? In whatever lane that he gives you to do. Because let's not forget the Great Commission. We are to go in his name and preach this gospel. What are we to preach? Well, the book of Luke tells us we are to preach repentance for the necessary forgiveness of your sins. Because false brethren will roll up on you and tell you, like especially if you're preaching on holiness and righteous living, and because they are in sin, and because they are deceived to believe that they still have fellowship with the Father, when they are in willful, blatant, shameless sin, got a nerve to tell you how we are all sinners. Again, speak for yourself. No, we are not. Okay, I'm not perfect yet, but I'm doing better than yesterday. Listen, tell them that. I'm doing better than yesterday to the glory of God. I'm working out my salvation like he told us to with fear and trembling. Okay, so for anyone, my little babe, anyone to tell you that, oh, it's impossible to stop sinning withdraw yourself that person is still speaking like he's a he or she is a slave to sin apparently they didn't get the memo of romans chapter 6 that we have been set free from sin because christ died and he put it in to the controlling power and domination that sin had over us our whole entire life Okay, and that is why we must walk upright before the false brethren and the sinner man because they will call you out. Oh, you over here talking about holiness, preaching, but I saw you down at the bar. What you doing? So we must in private and in public. Always be about the Father's business. Amen? So, we left off with number 11. Because it was talking about sanctification. We are in the sanctification process. Because now that we have been justified by the Father through Christ Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, our past sins have all been, um, have, have been nailed to the cross. We have been declared not guilty by the judge in heaven. No longer is he counting men's sins against them. You have been set free to now live out this wonderful life in Christ. And trust me, you will be busy. But first things first, you must know Jesus' voice. Because he told us his sheep knows his voice. And before 
you commit yourself to a fellowship in a brick and mortar building, you better know this word because these apostate churches, they ain't playing with babes in Christ. Oh, you are fresh meat to them and they know it. They know you have not had a chance to fully sit at Jesus' feet and learn sound doctrine because we were so eager to, to come to church. Didn't do any study, homework, nothing. Just ran to the first brick and mortar building someone invited us to. Now listen, I'm not against fellowshipping. What I am against is sin and corruption coming from these false churches. That's what I'm against, okay? And in these last days, Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Paul told Timothy, a time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. They will turn away. And then, why? Because of their own sins, their lustful passions and desires. And they will, they will heap upon themselves these corrupt teachers that tickle the ear. Talking about prosperity, talking about finances, success, living your best life ever. Like, that is not... That is not what Jesus taught at all. And you must know what did Jesus teach. He taught repentance. He did not teach. Listen, sit back, enjoy this ride. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure no uh, sickness and disease come upon you. All those things are good. Those are, are add-ons. But first things first, you must repent. Turn from sin. Don't go back to it. Learn what the Bible has to say, how we ought to live. Okay? We are to be content in whatever financial situation we are. Because Paul was clear. Anybody who teaches you that godliness is gain, withdraw yourself. Amen. Listen, Peter tells us, as we're going to get to it, these false prophets and teachers, they make merchandise off of you with all of their unbiblical, unscriptural, false doctrine-filled books, CDs, DVDs, pamphlets, whatever. They are looking to get paid. Make no mistake. Okay? So, I'm coming as big sister. Okay? Because I learned the hard way. <laughs> I learned the hard way. Listen. Okay? Because I had to get the plank out of my eye. Alright? So, I've sat up under many ministries that were false. Believing that God wants to bless me. That how if I bring God money, he's going to give it back to me. And they beat me over the head with Old Testament taken out of context scriptures to do it. To dupe me out of my money. I was led astray mainly, one, because they are crooked and corrupt. And number two, I was not studying the 
the Bible for myself. I were I was allowing them to spoon feed me isolated scriptures thinking that this is what God was talking about if I had only read maybe the chapter before a few verses before and after the cherry picked scripture I would have saw this was taken out of context that's why you must know righteousness and Jesus voice what God likes, what he don't like, and we will only find it in his word. Don't rely on man to tell you, well, this is how God feels about this. This is how Jesus feels about this. No, tell me what he said so that I can write that scripture down and go look it up for myself. And that's the mindset you need to be in. Okay, listen, this is war. We are in a war. I don't know if you notice or not, okay? Yes, it is wonderful and pleasant and blessing to now be in this kingdom. You got to understand, you and I have an enemy, Satan, and he hates the children of God with a passion. Do not be deceived. He he. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He knows he can get the one who is not studying this word. He knows he can get the one who is still in their sins, not fully gotten the memo that God ain't playing. So to the glory of God, by the Holy Spirit, I'm here to tell you, wake up and don't be deceived, little babe. Come on now. So we're going to pick up with number 12. Okay. You are not required nor commanded by God to attend a brick and mortar building for fellowship. But if you are led by the Holy Spirit to attend a church, make sure they don't carry false doctrine, traditions of men, and doctrines of devil, devils. And you will know this because you have already spent time in the Word of God, learning sound doctrine straight from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen, don't forget... You are the temple in which the Holy Spirit dwells. Listen, God, listen, I'm about to blow you out the water with this. God is not in these churches, in these brick and mortar buildings. There is no more physical temple on the earth. We are it. God dwells on the inside of us so wherever we go God is there amen we don't go to church seeking to find God there he ain't there he's within you you are the church we are little temples walking on this earth false teachers will browbeat you in the head and put the fear of the living God in your heart if you don't come to church. Here's the real reason 
why they insist you come to church. Your money. Listen, make no mistake. At these apostate churches, you will always find the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed, being in bed with the false doctrine of church home, church membership, because the first thing a false brethren wants to know from you, what church you go to? I don't go to church. What? You don't go to church? Nope. You don't have a church home? No, I don't. I'm the church. And the fact that I know these churches carry false doctrine. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying all of them, but a whole lot of them are. Okay? A whole lot of them are. And so, they will browbeat you with Hebrews 10.25. Which, by the way, is widely abused by these wolves in sheep's clothing. And here's the reason for why we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves with one another. It is to encourage. <clears throat> it is to exhort. And if necessary, rebuke the brethren so that we don't fall back into sin. Now that we are in Christ, that's the real purpose of Hebrews 10, 25, because they will tell you, well, you must come to church because otherwise you are sinning against God. See right here, don't forsake the assembling. Well, the purpose of us not forsaken is not to pay you money, pastor. It is not to continue your uh, lavish empires. No, that's not why we come to church because we are going to see in verse 26, the very next verse that they fail to continue. Okay. We are going to see why we should not forsake meeting with one another. And guess what, folks, that meetup place doesn't always have to take place in somebody's church. Listen, it could be in the parking lot, right? Right, Sister Catherine? It could be right there in the parking lot. At the grocery store, at the library, at the bank, at school, in someone's home. It don't have to be in some denominational church. Listen, babe. It's, it's so much we got to inform you of. But guess what? Church denomination is in violation of the scriptures. If you are listening to this podcast, check the playlist. I've done a teaching on denominations and it is a sin. So straight off the rip, all these Baptists, Pentecostals, Lutheran, Mormons, Seventh-day Adventists, uh, Catholic Church, whatever. They all are in violation of the schism. Paul says there should be no divisions, no separations. Why? There is only one church, Christ Jesus Church. He did not tell us to go out and make other little churches and appoint a name on it. No, it's only one church. 
one body and one leader. So how is it that you have all of these leaders at these different denominations? Senior pastor, Reverend Dr. So-and-so is the head pastor of this church. Really? First Baptist community, da-da-da, whatever. Lutheran church, whatever. Like, all of these denominations are in violation of the scriptures. Check the pot list. I mean, why I keep saying pot list? Pot, playlist on the podcast. There we go. So, listen. Hebrews 10, verse 26 is going to tell us the reason why we don't forsake meeting up with each other. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be in a church, okay? It's so that, um, you know what? Let me start at verse 23 to pull this all in context. Let us seize and hold tightly to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who for he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another. See, this is why we come. Encourage one another to love and to do good deeds, not forsaken, because this verse is what they pull out, right? Not forsaken our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Amen. Folks, ask yourself the question, why? Why is it so essential that we do meet from time to time? Because judgment day is fastly approaching. Verse 26, for if we go on willfully and deliberately sinning after receiving the knowledge of the truth. This is telling us this is why we come together so that we understand judgment day is coming and that if we deliberately go back to sin, well, it's about to tell us what will be the consequence of it. Amen. Because folks, these churches for the most part are not teaching on repentance. They ain't teaching on sin. They ain't preaching on hell and the lake of fire. As Sister Sharon over there on Motivating You to Win on YouTube say, they ain't teaching you nothing that would make you stop, think, and turn. Amen. So, if we go on deliberately sinning after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice to atone for our sins. That is, no further offering to anticipate, but a kind of awful and terrifying expectation of divine judgment and the, the, the fury of a fire and burning wrath which will consume the adversaries, those who put themselves in opposition to God. Amen. That's why we shouldn't forsake getting together in, in fellowship. And it's not to pay tithes and offerings. 
it is not to worship the pastor and his first lady, which is an unscriptural, unbiblical title, just like he should not have called himself bishop or pastor. Listen, in part one, if you are only tuning into part two, I highly, highly encourage you to stop, go to part one. Amen. Because over there is a lot talking about how these pastors take on these titles when Jesus never told us to do that. He says, don't call no one rabbi, teacher, because we got a teacher, him. And don't call nobody father. Because see, that's another tradition of men in these churches today. Calling these people my father in the faith. And he calling us his children. What? Why are you taking the glory and the honor and the respect from God? No, we are his children, not yours. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus says that don't do that. We are all brothers and sisters. We are all on the same level. Yes, he has called some to be prophets, apostles, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But those are just roles, not titles. Those are function, functions to, to help the body of Christ grow and, and, and mature coming together as one body. Why? So that we are not duped by every wind of false doctrine. So that we can grow and be mature, not to go to honor and worship the pastor and his first lady. No. So, make no mistake. Number 13. You are to love fellow believers. Beloved, this is where we at. And I got to come all the way down here. Okay. Listen. Uh, right. Beloved, I am not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment, which you have had from the beginning. The old. The old commandment is the message which you have heard before us, before from us. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true and realized in Christ and in you, because the darkness of moral blindness is clearing away and the true light, capital L, the revelation of God in Christ is already shining. The one who says he is in the light, meaning in Christ, is consistent fellowship with Christ and yet habitually hates, works against his brother and Christ, is in the darkness until now. The one who loves and unselfishly seeks the best for his believe, believing brother lives in the light, capital L. And in him, there is no occasion for stumbling or offense. He does not hurt the cause of Christ or lead others to sin. Because folks, these pastors 
who practice that damnable false doctrine of tithing is leading you into sin. I have done many, many episodes on this podcast on whether or not we have to keep the law, the laws of Moses, all 613 of them. No, we do not. Namely, tithing and sowing seed. They will have you, I know, turn to Malachi 3.10, saying how you robbed God of his money and that if you return it to him, he will return it to you and that we can test him in this and see won't he open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough for it. Amen. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? But guess what? It's taken out of context. God was not talking to Israel about this blessing. He definitely was not talking to us Gentiles. Well, then who was he talking to? He was talking to those corrupt priests. They were robbing God of the types and offerings by sacrificing these blemished, sick, blind, and lame animals on the altar, profaning his name. They were the ones that were, that that judgment was going to come upon them. What it was, was that the Levitical priesthood, they were not given land. So God says that, to bring the meat, physical meat, not AKA money, physical meat into his storehouse. Cause at the temple, it was a storehouse to bring meat there. Cause that's what he was telling them. Bring the meat, the good meat into the storehouse. And then that's when the promise was given. But if you read the book of Malachi, which is a really short book, I believe four chapters, and then by, by the time you get to chapter three, you would, you would know most certainly how he was dealing with these corrupt priests who were sinning behind this types and offerings. And so because the priests didn't work or, or have land, they had to eat, right? So then that's why God instituted the types. The types wasn't money. It was crops. It was grain, it was vegetables, and it was these slaughtered animals that once the priest sacrificed the animals to God, then they would eat the meat of it. So how and when did that become money? I don't know. That only came out of the deprived, no, depraved, corrupt mind of someone who's who's looking to get paid off the backs of babes in Christ and and uneducated Christians. So that's that. So now back over here, verse 11, right? But the one who habitually hates works against his brother in Christ is in spiritual darkness and is walking in the darkness and does not know where he is going. But the darkness has blinded his eyes. I am writing to you, little children, believers, dear ones, because your sins have been forgiven. You, For his name's sake, you have been pardoned. 
and release from spiritual debt through his name because you have confessed his name, believing in him as Savior. Amen. Now, of course, I didn't write the scripture down. I believe that's either, listen, this is where some homework on your part comes into play. It is either 1 John 2 or 1 John 3. I'm leaning, I'm leaning on 1 John 2. But go look that up. See, you got some homework. Amen. Number 14. You must know what sins, no, you, right, you must know what sins will keep you out of the kingdom of God. My beloved, make no mistake. The Bible is clear about sin and what will keep you from the kingdom. Verse, this is, I want to, hmm, do I want to go to, okay, look, I'm going to get to 2 Peter 2, but from 2 Peter 2, I'm going to go to verse 20 real quick, okay, listen, because you have to understand, number one, you have been born again, number two, you have been commanded to go, comma, and sin no more. And number three, we are commanded to live holy lives, right? But guess what? You can go back out there into this world and get yourself in trouble and don't enter the kingdom of God, even though you had initially repented and came to Christ and come to Christ. Look, verse 20 of 2 Peter 2 tells us what happens when you do that. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and then, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. They proved the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit and another says a washed pig returns to the mud. Amen. So, to keep these verses in context, Peter was telling us about the dangers of false teachers. And so, in in this verse 20 to 22, it was talking about how these false teachers and prophets, how they knew the way to go. But they themselves got themselves all tangled up and enslaved to sin again. But guess what? It applies to any person as well. Listen, you cannot go back to your vomit of sin and rebelliousness against God. Nope. Take, take a look at these sins that will keep you out of heaven. Because folks, do not be deceived, my little one. So, here we go. You ready? Okay, listen. These, this is the works 
of the flesh. And we see this in Galatians 5, starting at verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Again, folks, if you just popping on to verse, I mean, to chapter, uh, to part two, please go and listen to part one. Okay. Verse 17 of Galatians 5. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But, but when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Here we go. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, See what I'm saying? Division, talking about in the church with all, all of these different denominations. That's a sin, folks. It's on the, listen, it's on the list. That is a work of the flesh that man came up with because they wanted to go their own way. They, they broke off from the true church. They broke off from Jesus Christ and went and started their own church. That ain't nothing but the devil, folks. Listen. Division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Though, listen, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Uh-huh. Since we, look, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Amen. Look, other scriptures to meditate on as well, because my little baby, no, Jesus, little baby, listen, you have to understand what sin is and what the Bible has to say about what sins will most certainly keep you out of heaven. That's why 
The Bible exhorts us to not be deceived and do not be mis misled. Revelation 20. Revelation 21 verse 8. But for the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and fornicators and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. Their part shall be in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Amen. Mark 7, 20 to 23. And he said, this is Jesus, that which proceeded out of the man, that which proceeded out of the man that defiled the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, Evil thoughts, evil thoughts proceed, fornications, thefts, murder, murderers, what's going on? Murders, adulteries, covetings, wickedness, deceit, an evil eye, railing, pride, lasciviousness. Foolishness, all these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Amen. Colossians 3, 5 through 9. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, which is what? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now, but now, you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. What? Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Amen. 15. I got three more to do. Okay. Number 15. You must remain faithful to Jesus no matter what. It is to be expected that the more you learn about the father and his son and you are you are going to want to share this good news and tell others they must repent or perish. So, you will start to notice that your family members, your friends, your co-workers who do not share the love of the gospel as you do, they will fall away. It, listen, it is to be expected. So don't feel bad about it. You just keep serving Jesus anyway. Listen, Jesus told us in Matthew 7, 6, don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and then turn around and attack you. Amen. And he also told us how to handle rejection of his good news. Matthew 10, 13 to 15. 
if the family living in the house is worthy, welcoming you and your message, give it your blessing of peace. That is a blessing of well-being and prosperity, the favor of God. But, but if it is not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. Verse 14, whoever does not welcome you nor listen to your message as you leave that house or city, shake the dust of it off your feet in contempt, breaking all ties. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we all know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. God rained down fire and brimstone on that wicked, sinful Sodomite of a, of a, of a city. Oh, yes, he did. Jesus says it would be more bearable for them than for that city since it rejected the Messiah's messenger. Uh-huh. Number 16. Listen, my little brethren. You must stay out of sexual sin. Point blank and put a period. Remember what Jesus said over there in part one, right? Jesus said, you cannot love anyone more than you love me. He said, repent or perish. Look, 1 Corinthians 6.13. Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will do away with both of them. The body is not intended for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. To what? Save, sanctify, and raise it again because of the sacrifice of the cross. Amen. Enough said. Number 17. Love your enemies. Folks, you're going to have a lot of new enemies now. New ones and old ones. Okay, so Jesus is teaching us how to deal with our enemies. Romans 12, starting at verse 14. Bless those who persecute you, who cause you harm or hardship. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice sharing others joy and weep with those who weep sharing others grief live in harmony with one another do not be haughty conceited self-important exclusive but associate with humble people those with a realistic self-view do not overestimate yourself never repay anyone evil for evil. Take thought for what is right and gracious and proper in the sight of everyone, if possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Amen. Verse 19, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath. His 
judicial righteousness. For it is written in scripture, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Amen. Meaning, being kind to an enemy may lead him to shame and repentance. Amen. Verse 21. Do not be overcome and conquered by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. In closing, my little ones, who are God's light, lights, I leave y'all with 2 Peter 2. I leave y'all with 2 Peter 2 because make no mistake, Jesus warned us that there will be many false messiahs and prophets in the last days. So we know, so by him telling us that, we know there's a false church system at work today. He told us to be aware, beware of wolves in sheep's clothing and that how we can judge a tree by the fruit it bears. And likewise, Peter gives us a great heads up on the character of these charlatans. Folks, don't let these blind guides lead you into a ditch. Peter talks about being aware of false prophets. So here we go. I'm going to read the whole chapter of Second Peter 2. Hmm. Hold on a second. I'm I'm getting parched again. So listen. The rise the rise of false prophets cuz they are here. So listen. But in those days false prophets arose among the people just as there will be false prophets among you who will subtly introduce destructive heresies even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many, many will follow their shameful ways. And because of them, these false teachers, the way of truth will be maligned. And listen, verse three, and in their greed. See, listen, this is not coming against your pastor first of all stop calling him yours stop calling him pastor but anyway they come in with this greedy nature look verse 3 and in their greed they will exploit you with false arguments and twisted doctrine See, I'm not making this stuff up because had I meditated on 2 Peter 2 before I went into anybody's church, I would have been aware to grab my hat, my coat, and my wallet and run. So listen, come on now. Boot camp, right? I told y'all this is boot camp. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false arguments and twisted doctrine. 
their sentence of condemnation, which God has decreed from a time long ago, is not idle, but is still in force. They better repent. They better repent because it ain't looking good, right? And their destruction and deepening misery is not asleep, but is on its way. For if God did not even spare angels that sinned, but threw them into hell and sent them to pits of gloom to be kept there for judgment, and if he did not spare the ancient world, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought the judgment of a flood upon the world, of the ungodly, and if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, and which he did, folks, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter, and if he rescued righteous Lot, who was tormented, tormented by the immoral conduct of unprincipled and ungodly men. Folks, Lot was sick of it. He was sick of it every day, looking and hearing all of this immorality and ungodliness around him and sodomy. He was sick of it. So look, verse 8, For that just man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by what he saw and heard of their lawless acts. Then, in light of the fact that all this is true, be sure that the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial. Amen. And how to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. And especially those, listen, those who indulge in the corrupt passions of the sin nature and despise authority, presumptuous and reckless, self-willed and arrogant creatures. This is what Peter calling these false prophets and teachers, okay? Despite, look, they despise the majesty of the Lord. They do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties, whereas even angels who are superior in might, in might and power do not bring a reviling, defaming accusation against them before the Lord. But these false teachers, like unreasonable animals, mere creatures, because that's the problem with the false doctrine of I decree, I declare, and I bind you, Satan. Peter is like, what y'all doing? Because who is it? Is it Jude? Yeah, Jude tells us who rebukes the devil, and it is the Lord. It is not man. Listen, all authority has been given to Christ Jesus. So the false doctrine of believers authority, this is why I'm coming on a podcast to my uh, babe in Christ brethren. 
Do not be deceived. Those are all traditions of men, doctrines of devils. To seduce you out of your money for one so that you can worship that quote-unquote man of God. Nowhere in the Bible because they twist binding and loosen like a pretzel. Long story short, because I did a podcast, check it. It's somewhere on on there. Nowhere in the Bible does Jesus gives us the authorization to bind and loose the devil. It is he that's going to bound the devil. All you got to do is read the book of Revelation. What is this? Um... Yeah, in Revelation 20, start from verse 1 and, and read that, that whole chapter, okay? Because after, um, right when Jesus starts his 1,000 uh, reign on the earth, Satan will be bound those 1,000 years. So who's doing the binding but the Lord? Yeah, yeah, I know it's a shock. I know. So anywho, right, Peter was saying that these false teachers, right, uh, are like unreasoning animals, mere creatures of instinct, born to be captured and destroyed, reviling things they do not understand, will also perish in their own corruption. In their destroying, they will be destroyed. See, suffering wrong, destined for punishment as the wages of doing wrong. They count, listen, they count it a delight to revel in the daytime, living luxuriously. I bet they do. Listen, they are stains and blemishes on mankind, reveling in their deceptions, even as they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, constantly looking for sin, enticing and luring away unstable souls, having hearts, listen, having hearts trained in greed, they are children of a curse, abandoning the straight road that is the right way to live. They have gone astray. They have followed the way of the false teacher, Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the reward of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his own transgression. A mute donkey spoke with the man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. Amen. Verse 17. These false teachers are springs without water and mist driven by a tempest. For whom is reserved for whom is reserved the gloom of blackest darkness? For uttering arrogant words of vanity, pompous words disguised listen, disguised to sound scholarly or profound, but meaning nothing and containing no spiritual truth. See why it is imperative, 
my little one, to be in the word of God first before you go to these springs without water, to these um to sit up and listen to pompous words dis- disguised to sound scholarly and profound, but meaning nothing and containing no spiritual truth. Listen, they beguile and lure using lustful desires by sensuality those who barely escaped from um barely escaped from the ones who live in error. Look, verse 19, they promise them liberty when they themselves are the slaves of depravity. For by whatever anyone is defeated and overcome to that person, thing, philosophy, or concept is continually enslaved. Folks, these false teachers promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to sin. Because think about it. It just stands to reason. How can anyone free you from prison when they themselves are in prison right along with you? Mm -hmm. Listen, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world by personal knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome, their last condition has been has become worse for them than the first. For it would be better for them not to have known personally, known the way of righteousness, than to have known it, and then to have turned back from the holy command, verbally handed on to them. The thing spoken of in the true proverb has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and a sow is washed only to wallow again in the mire. Amen. So, my little babe and sister, um, my little sister and brother, babe and the Lord, again, welcome to the family. I know that that was a lot to digest, but... Y'all can always go back, listen to the podcast again, write these scriptures down, and then go and study for yourself. Go into the Word of God. Study, pray, listen to the Holy Spirit. Stay out of sin. I know each day is going to be hard, but guess what? It does get better. We are to form new habits of righteousness. No longer are you a slave to sin. No longer are you accounted. No longer are you counted amongst the ungodly. We live differently now. We we live different. We walk different, we sound different, we talk different, and we see differently now. Mm-hmm. Where, as before, the whole world seemed like it was one great big old party. Smoking, drinking, sexing, drugging, having all the big time fun, partying, clubbing. Yeah, none of that was beneficial 
for us. It was only leading us to a burning hell. But now that you are in Christ, surround yourselves around other believers that have been doing, that have been living righteously a lot longer. Gleam from them. Surround your, excuse me, surround yourselves around men and women who actually love God. Fellowship with them. Ask questions. Talk. Ponder things. Ponder things over. Study. I can't impress this enough upon you. Study this word. You must know what Jesus sounds like. So when you hear the nonsense, you too can say, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, thus and so and thus and so. Well, I went to seminary school. I should be the one to tell you what what Jesus said. No. What you need, excuse me, what you need to do is come on down off the pulpit. Come sit over here in the pews with the rest of us and study and learn some more and strip Ooh, microphone and strip off all of that vain glory and conceit. That's what you need to do, Mr. or Mrs. I went to seminary. Uh-huh. And which by the way, folks, okay? Let me tell you something else. Jesus is not in seminary. Nope. He told me that personally and from scripture because the Bible tells us who our teacher is. It is the Holy Spirit. It is Christ Jesus. He's our teacher. He ain't never sent any of his apostles to seminary. If anything, he were he was constantly giving those Pharisees, those teachers of the law, the big business with all of their hypocrisy and self-righteousness. Folks, look, listen. Seminaries and churches are in bed together. How is it that you're going to pay some institution over $70,000 and more than that for them to teach you the word of God and quote-unquote doctrine when all you can do for free download an app because in the 21st century you don't even have to go and get a physical book which that you do need one because it's good to put your eyes on the paper but you can download an app for free so why would I pay somebody over seventy thousand dollars to teach me twisted scriptures, false doctrines, traditions of men, and then I'm on my way to a burning hell. Listen, we ain't no fools. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Nope. Paul tells us, Jesus tells us, do not be deceived. These people are only in for it for the money. They're only in, in it for the money. And because they put on these pseudo titles on and then they 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 dress up in these costumes with all of their robes and collars and hats and staffs and 
Jesus did tell us, beware of the the Pharisees and the scribes because they love to go down to the marketplace parading around in in their long flowing robes. They were making a scene of themselves even then. And then over here in the church with all the pomp and circumstance that's going on, it's no wonder people like myself refuses to go into these corrupt churches. So, I'm not coming against fellowship. I'm coming against false doctrine, sin, corruption, false teachers and pastors, men and women who knowingly on purpose deceive God's people just to get the money from them. Uh-uh. I'm I'm against that all day and I make no apologies for that because it's ridiculous. Jesus told us, don't follow these blind guys because both of y'all will fall into the same ditch. Listen, I'm not going to hell behind the pastor. Meanwhile, he's living his best life now and I'm still broke. But yet I, I follow the pastor on my way to hell. You got to be crazy. I ain't doing that. Nope. Nope. We got to be bold. We may be, some of us may be young in the body. Okay. Or some of us may be doing this a long time. But at the end of the day, we follow Christ Jesus. He's the head over his body. His church do not belong to a mere mortal where they slap on a title and now they have authority over you. You got to be kidding, kidding. So no, I don't need no pastoring, no, no, no pastors covering. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Thank you very much. And so are you, my brother, my sister. Amen. Amen. Father. In the name of Christ Jesus, thank you so much for this teaching. There should be more teachings to our new babes, our brothers and sisters that have joined the family. Because we know there there is a lot of corruption going on in these apostate churches today. And I love your people, Father. And I don't want to see them led astray. I don't want to see them end up going to hell behind these false teachers. Help us today, Father. All of us, every last single person in Jesus' body. That we may come to know your voice and come to know the true and living God and to come to know the real Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you told us that if we abide in you, if we keep the way of your commandments, you will reveal yourself to us. So if we are in sin and if we are uh, still in these corrupt churches knowing The man, the man of God is corrupt and yet we stay anyway practicing one of the 613 laws of Moses. You will not reveal yourself to that person. We we will end up serving a false Christ. 
May it not be so, my Lord. May it so not be so. Thank you, Father. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross on our behalf. May we heed to all of your teachings. May we stay out of sin. May we produce fruit in keeping with repentance. May our behaviors be a true reflection of our born-again status. Bless your holy name, Father. And I pray that today's lesson brought you glory. You told me to bring your lights to you. Father, I pray for wisdom, for more teachings like this, to let the babes in Christ know what Jesus has said and allow the Holy Spirit to teach all of us, all of us. So because there is room to continue to learn, we have not arrived, but what we have learned we are to share it with one another, especially among the babes in Christ, so that they are not ripped to shreds by these wolves in the pulpit. Glory be to your name, Father. <clears throat> in Jesus' mighty name, y'all, I got to go. My throat, y'all. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Repent and believe stop sinning first corinthians 15 34 tells us because in verse 33 it was telling us how bad company corrupts good morals the next verse says come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning amen so repent and believe and turn back to god and lord willing until next time I shall be speaking to you all soon. Froggy throat and all. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.